Um, you know, so today, Torah and tea, I want to give over a little bit from a sicha of the Rebbe in volume 17, the first sicha for the portion of Vayikra. We started the new Chumash. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one of the things standing out, if you're reading in the Torah, of course, we, if we read, we read in the... Uh, in the Hebrew text even, we read from the Chumash, we don't read in the Torah directly, but if you read in the, in the Torah, you see something unusual. The letter Aleph by Yikra has a letter Aleph, and the Aleph is a small Aleph. So the general uh, letters are written like mid-size, or whatever the size they write, the font. <laughs> and the... Um, Sometimes you have a larger letter in, in the Torah, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have a smaller letter in the Torah. So, I mean, most of the time we don't pay that much attention, or we don't, you know, whatever it is, some secret over there, we don't pay attention. But as far as Vayikra goes, there is a, um, a discussion that Rebbe quotes from his father-in-law that he gave over something at a, uh, at a gathering. So I want to discuss that a little bit uh, today, a little bit from that sicha. And I also want to mention a few words because tomorrow night is actually, again, the yorset of my father, of blessed memory. So I want to mention him too. His name is... What's the date? The seventh of other. <gasps> same as Moshe Rabbeinu. My grandpa's yorset also. Yeah, wow. What was the name? And his name was just to... Ruben. Uh, okay. Ruben Ben Nachum. Ruben Ben Wow. My father's <laughs> name was Nachum. Really? With the same letters as my name, Nachman. The same. That's why we were talking my, my about. My grandfather was Nachman, but you know, Nachman. I don't know when his yeltsite is. Right. I, I don't know. So it was Nachman. My father's name was Nachman. I wonder. And that's why we named her. Uh, Mushki named her Nachama because she wanted to. Um, she passed away shortly after my mother, Alashon, passed away. Same week. And the same week, and, and there was actually, um, uh, she was born in other weeks, and uh, so she couldn't give her, my mother's full name was Sarah Relka, her name was Sarah, so she decided to give my father's name in the feminine, she gave her Nechama Relka, that's what her name, that's what she Nechama Relka. Thank you. So, one of, I think it's very appropriate, um, what we learned from the Sicha, and the talk, is very appropriate fit in that. The only thing is, I want to caution you that today, uh, just today, the mincha is scheduled like for uh, wow. 6.30. Uh, so I'll try to escape like as close to 6.30, make a little shorter class today. Uh, next week it should be ready by, so maybe I'll stay, too. we'll see, we'll finish up a little bit, and then I'll run to, to mincha, okay? Also we have somebody having your side today, so. So, um, so this was something which was addressed by the... Um, the Alter Rebbe, Shneir Zaman, the Alter Rebbe, um, his grandson, um, who was the Tzemach Tzedek, he ended up being the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, Menachem Mendel, that was his name, uh, and the Alter Rebbe was very much involved in the education. Uh, there's a separate story that the Alter Rebbe's daughter, her name was Dvera Leia, who was the mother of she was the mother. Uh, she basically gave up her life for her father. Her father can live. There's a whole story about that, but it's another story. But she sort of um, sacrificed herself and, so that her father can live. 
and um, the Alter Rebbe took her son Menachem Mendel and gave him his education, and he gave him special attention. And uh, it was a very special relationship between the Alter Rebbe and the Tzemach Tzedek and Rebbe Menachem Mendel. A very and also later on he became the third Lubavitch Rebbe. Most of the time, the Rebbe's went from father to son, and then goes the next son. But it was different, of course, by our Rebbe. The Rebbe was a son-in-law. And the same thing is by the Tzemach Tzedek. Tzemach Tzedek wasn't a son of the middle Rebbe. The second Rebbe, after Shneir Zaman, after the Alter Rebbe, was Duber, was the middle Rebbe. He was the son of the Alter Rebbe. But the Tzemach Tzedek was not the son of the uh, Mittler Rebbe, he was the son-in-law of the Mittler Rebbe. And, but he was a grandson from the Alter Rebbe through his mother. Uh, so they were... Uh, he what met is the wife's name again? Mendel. The wife, his wife. Same as the Rebbe's. Menachem Mendel Chaim Mushka. Oh, wow. Well, Menachem Mendel Chaim Mushka is same as the Rebbe's, uh, Rebbe and his wife. That was the yeah. Mittler Rebbe's daughter. So the, that was the Mittler Rebbe's daughter, yeah. That was the Mittler Rebbe's daughter, yeah. Mittler Rebbe had five daughters, and they all married like uh, so great, cousins, uh, great outstanding cousins. Yeah. yeah, first cousins. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of intermarriages over there in the family. I mean, in those days, maybe they didn't know, but you know, sometimes it, it actually didn't work out so well. But um, it was in the family. A lot of the marriages were all in the family. So, so he came once back from school. So he went to school and. Um, he started learning the first portion of Ayikra. Sometimes they, it says, it's brought down in the Medrash, that children should start not from Bracious, from the uh, beginning of the Torah, but they start with the portion of Ayikra. And the reason is because it says that the Korbanis are pure, children are pure, let the pure learn the pure. So there's a reason for that. So they used to start learning the book of Ayikra. So he started learning the book of Ayikra. And he asked, he asked the Alter Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, asked the Alter Rebbe, and he says, how come a Vayikra has a small Aleph? Now again, I'm not sure what they used to learn their Chumash from over there. I mean, apparently it was like a Torah, or maybe in some of the printed Chumashim, they would say that Aleph Zi'ira, there's a small Aleph. They just tell you, even though they don't, it's not the Torah. So... So he knew it was a small olive, or maybe a siege, but he asked his grandfather, must have been, he was a kid, just starting to learn Chomish. He said to him, why is this olive small? So the Alter Rebbe sort of went into deep thought for a while, and he answered, he says, look, and he brought him an example from another case in the Tanakh where we find a large letter. In the book of Chronicles, it's called Divrei Hayomim. So the Divrei Hayomim, this the book of the Chronicles, begins <laughs> with the word Odom Horishon. Now, even though today in most shuls we don't have scrolls for the Tanakh, but uh, some shuls they do have scrolls of the Tanakh. But so the there too there is this concept of regular letters, small letters, big letters. So the letter Aleph. From the word Adam is a large letter, Adam. So he starts off to uh, telling his grandson, you know, 
Adam Harishan, he was the first man. What was the first man claim? He's the only one can claim that he was actually made by Hashem himself. All of us later on are born, our parents give birth to us, so we're all come. Uh, Hashem gives us the soul, he gives us the life, everything else, but the physical body comes as a result from your parents. But Adam Harisha, the first man, he was uh, created by Hashem. And what word do they do they, do they use in the Chumash for create, like formed? Uh, uh, what? Uh, the, the, the Hebrew word that they use in the That Hashem, Vayivra. Bara, bara, they bara created, so yeah, create. yeah, create, yeah, or vayitzer. It says both yitzer. He formed, he formed, or in bara, he created right. both of them. Use both languages. Matter of fact, Adam Harishan, the first man, that was his, um, uh, that was his claim to fame that he was made by Hashem. But also, it's brought down that his wisdom was even greater than. Uh, the angels, uh, we find that uh, nobody would able to uh, name uh, every, all the different uh, species and animals came before Adam and he named them everybody. He was able to see and figure out. He was, so he was a great, very special, but because he was very special, uh, he sort of sensed, he knew about who he was. And he sort of got absorbed with himself, you know, in his own recognition, his self, of recognition of self. And at the end, he failed. Uh, why? Because he ate from the tree of knowledge. Hashem told him not to eat from it, and he went, he failed. So notwithstanding the fact that he was such a great person, and he had such great qualities, and yet he ended up failing. Why? It all came because of the sense of self, of feeling themselves, and uh, that was something which caused feel. On the other hand, he told them, by Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, he also knew who he was. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that spoke to Hashem. He, for 40 days and 40 nights, he was on the mountains, he didn't eat. He was like an angel. Uh, and and uh, he talked to Hashem, like face to face. It says he was, there was never a prophet like, like Moshe Rabbeinu. But yet, he never considered this something for himself to be overtaken with his greatness. On the contrary, this is all what the Rebbe was relating that the Alter Rebbe told his grandson. Uh, it, it, it caused him, on the, on the contrary, he was very broken by himself, Moshe Rabbeinu. He was a broken heart. Uh, why? He, he considered himself very low. Why? But it wasn't that he didn't understand. It was that it actually caused him, because what he would what he would say to himself, I'm not reading word for word, I'm just giving you the contents over there. Um, so what he would say to himself, that uh, somebody else would have had the privileges that he had when he was growing up, or the special thing, um, he was uh, he was a son of Amram. Uh, 
he was the seventh generation from Avram Avinu. Uh, seventh generation is so special, so which means he got a special soul. Hashem gave him special privileges, and um, uh, and if somebody else had what he had, all the breaks that he got to become would have been much better than him. He didn't think that he was good enough. Good, he didn't think he was good enough. Yes. So that means that he did have an appreciation for what he's doing and for what he's, what he's accomplished. But he didn't think, he didn't take himself credit, he didn't take credit for what his accomplishment. Because on the contrary, he thought with all of his greatness and with all of the special opportunities that he had, he should have been even better. That's why we find the Torah says that Moshe was the most humblest of person of any human being that is on the face of the earth. That means it didn't matter if you had a very simple, uh, illiterate person, people who didn't have any knowledge. So Moshe Rabbeinu would compare himself and say, you know what, if you, if that person had his gifts that Hashem has given him, which he didn't do, and it's not that he worked it out, but he got that gift. If he would have had the great soul, he would have had the privileges of his leniency, if he would have been uh, born into a very special family, so that person would have been much better than him. Therefore, he says like this, so when you have the shape of the letters which Hashem gave on Sinai, there is three types of letters. There is the large letters, large font, the average font, and then you have the small font. The Torah in general is written in the average font, in the benuni, in the middle font. But the reason is a person needs to be in the middle. That's where an ordinary person, that's why the Torah is written in the middle, to tell you that you got to be in the middle. However, when you learn Torah, and when, you, and when you learn Torah, you, you, you're like an, uh, you're a person in the middle. But Odomari, not necessarily going to be a tzaddik or anything else. You're going to be a, a good average person. But Odomari Shain, the first man, since his self-sense of himself overtook him, so therefore he, he failed. And he caused the sin of the Eitz and that's why Aleph is big. But on the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu, that he worked with himself, and he recognized his humility, his loneliness. He didn't take the credit for himself. He reached the highest level of humility, and that's why Vayikra is with a little Aleph, representing the sense of humility. What are, what is the name of the large, medium, and small? The largest. What is it it's called? A, well, there is a, they use the uh, Aramaic words for Ravrivin. Okay. Means big, Benunim, and Zeirim. Zeirim is, is it small. Is related to like Zahir? Is it related to what? Is it related to like is Zahir the word like shine? No, or no, Zeira. No, that's Zahira. an Aramaic. Uh-huh. Zeir means small, little. That's an Aramaic okay. word. Okay. Let's go do it. They call it by the Aramaic name. The, 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 um, so, 
when you read this um, this 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 um, the sentence, the statement over here, it almost seems like uh, we're speaking bad of Adamarishon. You know, we're saying that uh, Adamarishon, uh, because there was a um, he had a self of sense. Uh, but one wonders. I mean, Rebbe asks a whole pile of questions over here. I'm not going to go through all the questions that Rebbe asks over here, but just to bring out the Rebbe's point, the Rebbe one. Why was it important? to knock Adam in order to uh, explain why there's a little olive over here. I mean, we could have just spoken of uh, of the little olive and saying that Moshe Rabbeinu was very humble and that's why he has a little olive. I mean, we don't have to say uh, something negative about Adam. And generally speaking, um, uh, the Torah never talks negative about Anything. And the, actually, the Talmud tells us that the Torah is very careful. There's a whole discussion in the Talmud. The Torah is very careful not to use derogatory languages, even when it comes to an animal. Like the Torah will say, an animal that is not kosher or not clean, instead of selling uh, a trafe animal, uh, a defiled animal. The Torah uses, which is not kosher, even though. It takes longer to write, to say there's more words, but the Torah speaks in a nice language. And we have, uh, it's in the, actually in the Talmud Pesachim, coming up to Pesach soon. So we have in the Talmud Pesachim, there's a whole page of how a person should always be talking in a nice language. And uh, a matter of fact, the Talmud says there that there were certain rabbis, uh, when they were students, so the, their teacher could tell from the way they were d- discussing those people who talked very uh, not refined. I'm not saying, ah, not saying grub, I'm saying not <laughs> refined. Uh, uh, they turned out to be not so, not so great. And those rad students that talked in a gentle, in a, in a nice, in a good voice, in a good voice, the Talmud makes a distinction. It says, well, you have to teach somebody Torah, you have to tell them in a direct language. That's why the Torah will use the language of Tamim. There's a whole debate exactly, but generally speaking, the Torah doesn't want to say negative things. But here it seems it was almost irrelevant to the question of the child to bring in um, to bring in Adam. So the Rebbe wants to show there's, there's something more about it. It's not just a simple thing a negative about other Marisha. The other the other thing is I mean we, we, we need to um, we need to appreciate that when we find in the Torah a uh, a uh, a large letter. So the first uh, the first thing that comes up I didn't realize how fast the time goes. It's mm-hmm. it's eight thirty or eight twenty eight. Um six, when you six thirty. What? Let me see yeah six twenty eight. Six twenty eight. Okay, so when you uh, when you find a large letter in the Torah, what what was your first idea? You it first brings thinking, attention to it, and it means that it's important. It's important. I mean, a a a, a regular letter and a big letter. And, and matter of fact, we said it before, uh, and the Alter Rebbe himself says it elsewhere in the Bible. He says that the Aleph represents Adam before the sin. Not after the sin, not after he failed, but before. 
He was a large, he was wiser, he was holier, he was created by Hashem, he was, I don't know, it doesn't remember. So how come all of a sudden here we're, we're, we're trying to tell you negative and we're saying the Aleph means something negative? So the Rebbe, just to sum it up real briefly now, uh, the Rebbe says that actually the opposite is true. What the Tzemach Tzedek was trying to teach his grandson, who eventually was going to be... Uh, I don't what the, the Rebbe was trying to teach his grandson, who was destined to become the uh, Rebbe, uh, is destined to become a great Tzaddik, he was actually trying to tell him wait a minute, you have great privileges. And just like one needs to uh, appreciate and recognize their faults, one needs to appreciate and recognize their advantages. You have to know what your abilities are and you have to know what your talents are. And the more talented you are and the more uh, opportunities that you have, the more cautious you have to be that it shouldn't get to your head. This fact that you are, that you are privileged, the fact that you do have. Now, every Jew, every person, other Mauritian, is privileged in the sense, in the sense that the fact that Adam was created by God, okay, physically it was only Adam, but the soul, we all have a tremendous amount of power in ourselves. When we do something good, we have choice, but when we do something good, that is coming from a very strong power of our soul that we actually have. We're privileged. We're like a tzaddik. We're like Adam Harishon. Yeah, sometimes we make the wrong choices, but when we do the right choices, when we do what's right, then we have a little Adam in ourselves. We have that little connection to Hashem, our connection to Hashem, which at that time is functioning properly, which is doing the right thing. It's important to know that. Why is it important to know that? Because it's important to know, yes, that we can achieve, we can succeed, we can do so much we can do, because we are privileged. Everybody has a certain level of privilege. The Alter Rebbe was talking to his grandson, who was educating, he was saying to him, yeah, I'm not going to just tell you why there's a small olive. I want to give you a lesson of life because you are a privileged child. You are born, I'm your grandfather, you're grown in this environment, in this... Uh... So I want to give you a little bit lesson of life. Because you have that privilege and that olive represents actually Adam's greatness, that's why it's important that you make sure that you don't fail because you can because you can do so much you might be prone to actually failing more than the other person who doesn't have that capabilities Moshe Rabbeinu on the other hand was trying very hard uh, to counter that feeling because Moshe Rabbeinu and the Rabbi brings out the very interesting because point because he knew what happened to Adam yeah no but Moshe that's right to, to fix up that thing a lot of times, as the Rebbe says it, you know, it's, you can tolerate when somebody knocks you. You say, okay, you know, you can knock yourself, you can, you know, you can tolerate, even somebody tells you something which is offensive, but you, you can tolerate. But 
it's a lot more difficult to have a sense, okay, uh, I'm actually maybe not so, you know, uh, big, but my friend is bigger than me. That's something, you know, he, he's on a higher level than me. That's already too much for some people to, okay, you know what, we're all nothings, we're all nobodies, but I'm not going to be a nobody and you're going to be a somebody. That's already a little bit too much, too much to take, that little. So the Alter Rebbe was showing him the extreme that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't just a humble person, didn't take uh, the sense of, of holiness with himself, but Moshe Rabbeinu, what he did was, he actually went and found every person, he says, you, 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 you know, you would be better than me, you know, I'm actually not as good as I should be, you know, of course I'm doing great things, and that'll help them, that'll help them do it, yeah, go ahead. It's interesting because Moshe Rabbeinu's role was to be a leader of the people, and Adam really didn't have anyone to compare himself to. Okay, so that's that's true too, but still, it's still uh, it's great. It's, it's no, not but it's still it's still, especially somebody who's a leader, must have that sense of humility, because if you see uh, in today all these leaders <laughs> that get to the head, they're they're just you know they're just doing things for themselves and they're not right. not, not not doing anything for the people, so. It's especially important for a leader to be humble and to be uh, recognizing that even if they have some special uh, qualities, don't recognize that Hashem gave it to you as a gift and don't hold those qualities something for you to be proud of for yourself and brag about it or make you haughty, but know and, but Moshe Rabbeinu went to the extent that that's why it was a small help. I just wanted to say this when I mentioned my father, may he rest in peace, he's, one of his main qualities was he was a, a humble man, which means, but he did have a lot of qualities. He was very learned, he was very studious, he was uh, sacrificed a lot for Yiddishkeit, and he was a, a great man. But yet, what stood out was his humility. I mean, he was never look to be in the front, never look to lead or speak or be the center of attention. It's very, very quiet. So, would this be of a... Uh, Don't be uh,